You are listening to the Average Pundits Podcast on your favorite streaming platform. Yes, that is right, guys. Welcome back to the Average Pundits Podcast, your home for all things Premier League. And, well, the Premier League is back. And so are we with an absolute bang. Uh, We are rejuvenating the podcast. We are revamping the podcast. Brand new segments, brand new topics. And a brand new format here on on a, uh, any streaming platform that you're on right now, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and of course, Spotify as well. So stay with us for the rest of this podcast. I am obviously Reese Williams, but I cannot do it without my partner in crime, Joseph Brody. Joe, how are you doing, mate? Oh, I'm doing very well. Thank you, Reese, And thank you for that very, very cool intro. And thank you to everyone listening on all of your favorite streaming services out there, wherever you get your podcast from. We do appreciate all of the listens and all of the support. But yeah, football's back with a bang. Premier League's back with a bang. And there is just so much to cover. But obviously, we have a good criteria down there. We have a good list of things we want to talk about. And yeah, I'm looking forward to looking forward to getting into it because you know it's uh, it's been a while since I've taught football, so you know let's go, let's let's go for it. Exactly, and and there there are so many segments that we're going to be debuting today. Uh, we've we've talked extensively extensively to bring the best content to you guys, and you know we've come up with a format. This is going to be the same every single week. We have five topics to talk about, five awards that we're going to give out every single week. Well, four awards and one player that we're going to talk about every single week. Uh, so let's start with the first of the the, the awards for today, uh, for this week, and that is the game of the week. Yeah, game of the week, man. Um, it was tough. There were a couple of options, but, you know, <laughs> there was one which definitely stood out, but there were a couple that I felt like could have been in the running. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to announce this one. Our game of the week as uh, Manchester United versus Leeds. A 5-1 win for uh, my team and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's men. It was fantastic to see. You know, we were rampant all over the pitch. Leeds pulled back a very good goal at the hands of Luke Ayling, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk more about later in this podcast. But in terms of the actual game itself, it had everything you want. It had goals galore. It had flair all over the pitch and it had passion as well. I think personally, I couldn't have asked for a better start to the season from my own club. But Reese, what did you make of the 5-1 win? Oh, it was it was absolutely phenomenal. The the, the entirety of, of Manchester United's debut, well, not debut, rather, uh, the return back to the Premier League this season um, from the 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 debuting of, of and, and the announcement of Rafael Varane. Uh, at Old Trafford, which I mean, we can we can talk about that for a second as well. Like Manchester United, not even not just from the five-one win over Leeds, adding Rafael Varane to a you know a back four that's already you know that, that's had some troubles, you know, from you know, and, and it's been kind of slandered you know with Victor Lindelof, but I feel with Harry Maguire and Rafael Varane, there is so much room there, and and how how amazing that 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 partnership is going to be and Harry Maguire is going to look way more confident uh with Varane uh, in that back line as well what do you think yeah i mean when you go out for a player of Varane's caliber you get experience of of multiple titles at real madrid alone and then international experience you know a world cup to his name with france and just you know 
it is that experience I think we need. We needed a Galactico world-beating player. And who better than somebody who's commanded one of the, what is like co-commanded alongside Sergio Ramos, should I say, one of the best defences in Europe. So I think Real Madrid have had an, a, a bizarre summer letting Ramos and Varane go. But you've got to believe somewhere in Perez's crazy head, he's got a plan. But obviously we'll leave that to the professional Real Madrid fans and the, the La Liga podcast. We're here to talk about the Premier League, but what a way to announce a signing, you know. Varane in front of all the fans back at Old Trafford, absolutely fantastic. And it was made even better by the substitution in the second half of Mr. Jaden Sancho. He didn't have too much of an effect on the game itself, but um, although he wasn't on the assists or the, or the score sheet, it was very good seeing uh, seeing those two guys around the stadium. Even it was good seeing Tom Heaton. I know Tom Heaton's probably not going to get much of a run out, but it was still good seeing him. I thought that was a good little sign from us as well. But 5-1 on the score line, I can't complain, Reese. It was a fantastic game. It was, it was. And, and as a Liverpool fan, you kind of think, oh no, what, what have we got ourselves into this year? But um, <laughs> you know, and, and it just shows their intent, you know, not only with the signings, Jaden Sancho being brought in, and 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 Varane, but also that five-one win is just showing their intent, and it just shows, you know, Graeme Souness. You know, we'll, we'll kind of mention him as well. What an absolute plum he is! Um, he, he, he can't even give Paul Pogba any credit when he's been world class. Four assists on the day. Um, that was absolutely is an absolute phenomenal performance from the from the World Cup winner, and uh, and a, a, even you know a, a great run up, up front for Bruno Fernandes as well, which was, uh, I mean. I, I was kind of puzzled when I saw the the starting eleven for um, for Man United. I was like, they don't have a, they don't really have a striker. You know, you're playing Dan James and Greenwood and Bruno, and I was like, okay, this is this is a bit, it's a bit, this is about out there for Ollie, but you know, we'll, I'll, I'll give him a chance. And to, I gave him that chance, and he and he, and he ran with it. So five one. Um, I mean, what what direction do you see? You know, can Man United top this this season? I mean, they had the the huge win over Southampton last year. It's gonna. It, this performance is gonna. You know, can, can it be topped? I mean, that Southampton win. We won't see anything like that again. That was an absolutely dismal performance from Southampton, and we just ran rampant. You know, so that was a rare treat awarded to us by Mister Hassan, who also I will always remember that. Uh, thank, thank you, Ralph. But I, I, in terms of like extravagant wins, you know, I'm hoping we see as many as possible, but obviously we the we were coming out of the end of the season with an extremely disappointing loss in the final um, of the European, you know, that was just, you know, I'd rather not bring all that up again. It was painful, but you know, we've made a couple of really strong signings so far. Um, hopefully there might be one more over the line, but who knows, but I am expecting us to be very much up in the running this season. I definitely think we'll be we'll be in the top four, but I would love to go out there and, you know, give the rest of the clubs a run for their money. Obviously, Liverpool hit the ground running. Um, Tottenham hit the ground running. Manchester City didn't. Chelsea did. You know, there's a lot of strong teams out there. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to fight for it. But you know, you never you never know what could happen. You never know. And yeah, yeah, I think I think the United are, are very strong this year, and I mean, beating a Leeds team led by led by Bielsa as well, they've got you know, little little pockets of of fantastic players. You know, Calvin Phillips, uh, Rafinha, who we did see on 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 the day as well, and you know, players like Bamford who shone a lot last last year. And uh, I think I think that we we're going to be expecting big things from this Leeds team, or are we? I mean, after this five one de- defeat, do you think that that's going to light a fire under them to? to try and perform or do you think this is a 
a sign of second season syndrome? I think it's a sign of second season syndrome, mate. I feel like Bielsa did a good job keeping them up last season. I always kind of thought they were going to stay up, but you know they were. They gave us some interesting, uh, interesting games and some good football. Um, I think the signing of Furper was good, and he obviously gave a very, um, a very uh, flattering comment on uh, the Leeds kind of mentality that Bielsa has kind of implemented since he's been there when he signed, which is a good sign for all fans of the club. But um, I've got a feeling they are going to struggle. I don't think they maybe had too strong a summer. So I feel like, you know, it's going to be a bit of a tough one for them. They're not going to be one of the teams I'm expecting to take it by storm. Uh, five goals conceded on the first game of the opening season, whether it be Manchester United or not, it's not always the best sign. So I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I'm not maybe not predicting um, Leeds to have, you know, a top season. Yeah, they they might not. They, they, I mean, they might they might grow from this. They might try to, to 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 light a spark and 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 grow from from this defeat and 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 maybe finish better than last year uh, whether it's ninth or eighth or you know getting in those conference league uh sort of positions inside of the premier league table so um but yeah uh, guys let us know what you think of our game of the week uh, let's think let us know if you think uh you know, you know a better game played in game week 1 of uh, the Premier League, whether it's Liverpool, uh, their three 0 win, Chelsea's three 0 win, um, but that kind of uh, leads us nicely on into uh, a game which necessarily no one was expecting the result of, which is this week's flop of the week. Everybody do the flop. Yeah. Right then, the flop of the week uh, this week, you know, a brand new segment that that, that we've got um, for you guys, and uh, it's a game that. I mean, a lot of people probably expected to go one way, but oh my goodness, it just proved all of us, all of us wrong. I mean, I say wrong, but oh, it's so good to be wrong. Um, the Amazon cameras are definitely going to be picking up this one. And that is the, um, that's Arsenal. Yeah, um, absolutely dismal. <laughs> well, what else can you say? You know, fair play to Brentford. They came in, they gave their fans the most magical return to the Premier League that you could ask for. You know, a lot of the fans you could see at the camera panning, there wasn't a dry eye there. The manager, he's he's a bit of a character anyway, but, he, you know, you could see him going and mingling with the fans and everything. It was absolutely fantastic to see. Um, but, you know, a dominant display from from Brentford, you know, 2-0, two, two absolutely fantastic. What can you say? But for Arsenal, my God, it is just dire. It is dire. Obviously, they were without Aubameyang and Lacazette, which is definitely going to uh, going to hurt them on paper. But, you know, I don't know, would they have made an impact in that game? The, the most lively person on the pitch was Saka, which I'm hardly surprised about. You know, the guy's, it's just, he is just magic, but he's too, he's too good for Arsenal, you know. They've got some real promising things. You know, they did a bit of business in the summer. So, you know, we've yet to kind of see those guys kind of really impact the team yet. But, you know, defensively, again, it was just shambolic. One player we did see was Ben White, who probably had a debut for Arsenal. He'd probably want to forget. Um, Arsenal fans were absolutely ecstatic at the signing. And I feel like any club with ambition signing a young, promising English defender, you know, go for it. Why not? 50 million was a... A big price tag, but you know, fair play to Brighton. You know, they charge what they valued him at, and Arsenal paid the price. But I'm hoping all the best for Ben White in his career. I really am because he's, you know, a good a good character. I think he's a good player as well. But you know, who knows whether Arsenal under Mikel Arteta is the place for him to grow? We're going to have to wait and see. But 
the flop of the week title, I don't think it could go to anyone more deserving, if I'm honest, Reese. God's sake, they are terrible. <laughs> they are. <laughs> Honestly, so the, the, the first goal for Brentford, uh, Canyos, when that goal went in, oh, my, my stomach hurt with the amount of laughter um, that... The, 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 that was let out. I was I couldn't stop laughing. It was it was that funny because it's just typical Arsenal. Um, I think that I think that the performance of uh, even though he didn't score, with Ivan Tony was absolutely fantastic. Bullying the Arsenal centre backs uh, into submission, basically. Um, you know, Tony was Brock Lesnaring the Arsenal defence, and oh, that was just absolutely worldly. This you know the the performance from from Brentford. Um, all non-Arsenal fans were hoping for this performance from Brentford. And, oh, I mean, it, it, no wonder Lacazette and, uh, and Aubameyang aren't turning up for, for games. They are feigning illness or maybe they are ill, but let's be honest, they're not ill. Um, it's just, it's hilarious. Uh, Saka, I feel so bad for him. It was really nice to hear the the Brentford fans and you know the, the entire stadium giving him a standing ovation after his performance in, in the Euros this summer and uh, the undeserved racial hatred that he alongside, you know, Jaden Sancho and Marcus Rashford and uh, the other players in the England squad uh, that they got. So um, it was nice to, for, for the uh, Brentford fans to, to stand, uh, you know, side by side and sort of give him that ovation. It just shows how, how class he is. He's, he's a kid at the end of the day. He's not going to be able to carry a, a failing Arsenal team. I mean, that's that's a lot of you know. I mean, to be fair, may, maybe that's the reason why he did step up in the, in the in the uh, European final was because he's used to having all of that weight on his shoulders because Arsenal are so bad. Yeah, I mean, he's been carrying that team for a long time now. He's been the one with the most flair on that team for quite a while, and you know, obviously they have players like. Um, Pepe, which I still feel like has stuff to offer for Arsenal and that, you know, he just kind of he needs to really hit his stride. Um, you put Emil Smith Rowe, who, you know, they I think they gave him they gave him the ten shirt, you know, they gave him a, a, a new number, so they've obviously got a lot of faith in him. But um Sack is probably the most like interesting thing to come out of Arsenal I've seen in a long time in terms of their academy. I mean, they they signed Gabriel Martinelli, and he, he wasn't strictly academy, was he? But they, they did sign him out from elsewhere. And, I still think Martinelli can come good because I've seen him in some games and I think, my God, like he is he is really good. He's really something. But again, who knows whether Arsenal is the place for these players to flourish and not being funny, it will only take, you know, like a, a Bayern Munich, a, a Dortmund, um, even like a Manchester City or something to come in for a bid with Saka. And as long as the bid's right, we all know that Arsenal are happy to sell. You know, I don't think they're going to, Want to like? Don't think they'll like, hold him prisoner. And and why wouldn't he want to go? Why wouldn't he want to go and flourish his career more? But you know, again, he. Uh, in my opinion, again, the only bright spark in that Arsenal team right now. They they're in trouble. They're in. They are in trouble this season. I think. Absolutely, and I think that we could, could potentially be talking about Arsenal as the flop team of the week for you know the next couple of weeks as well. Because not only have they lost to Brentford in week one, but they also have to face Chelsea and the champions of England, Manchester City. In the in the next coming weeks, which I mean, if you've got if you've got Arsenal players in your fantasy league team, I wouldn't I wouldn't bother <laughs> because it's it's absolutely horrendous what the, you know they're they're scheduling for the next two weeks. They're going to be suffering a relegation battle early on in this Premier League season, and 
you know, poor Arteta. I think he's going to be gone by Christmas. Um, I think um, Rwanda as well. Um, the the sponsors of of Arsenal, they were very very unhappy with the entirety of uh, with their loss against Brentford and then just being absolutely awful. So I think they uh, Arsenal had to pay, and uh, I think the Arsenal owner uh, had to pay uh, the country of, of Rwanda uh, like a million pounds or something like that, which is absolutely crazy. I mean, I didn't I didn't hear that side of it. I heard definitely there was some kind of diplomat or, or, or someone involved in like the visit Rwanda and Arsenal kind of like interjecture kind of make a comment on it but I mean if they did have to pay any money that's just that's just hilarious so you know I mean I don't have anything specifically against Arsenal as a club I wouldn't say I despise Arsenal I wouldn't say I hate Arsenal I'm definitely you know a, new, a neutral to, to them in this situation because I really just don't view them as a threat like it's been a while since I feel like any real competition did view them as a threat. So like you said, they could be a future mainstay in this flop of the week category. And we're going to have to see as the weeks come on. I mean, to be honest for, for me, I yeah, I, I, I'm kind of the same, like the, 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 the flop of the week that they're, they're going to be here. I don't hate Arsenal, but I just find them absolutely hilarious. I can't stop laughing at them. And uh, uh, yeah. So this week's flop of the week is Arsenal. So, yeah, Arsenal our, our, our flop of the week, and also brings us on to our next, uh, our, our next topic, our next segment, brand new segment here, and that is the award of goal of the week. Sits up nicely here for Ailing. Oh, did it sit up nicely? Leeds United in raptures away to our right. And as you might have heard there from. The uh, voice uh, on commentary there, the little soundbite that we've put in there. I think you might be able to decipher who our player is, who the goal of the week uh, that we've given is. And that is uh, Luke Ayling from Leeds scoring an absolute screamer, um, although it wasn't quite enough. It wasn't quite the most newsworthy thing from that Manchester United-Leeds game that we've already talked about. But Joe, run us through this goal that, that, that came from Ayling. Yeah, realistically, you know, it was a fantastic goal. And you kind of summed it up there. Like, it wasn't going to make any real headlines just because of, of the of the final scoreline. But realistically, it was just struck so cleanly. You know, out, outside the box, absolute banger into the goal. De Gea didn't really know what hit him. And I'm not going to lie, when that goal went in, I was worried. I was definitely concerned. I felt like, you know, if you can come out, and get that kind of goal, you know, from one nil down, it shows you've got real intent, you know, to come out and try and get on top of this game. But it wasn't long before Greenwood got the equaliser, thank thank God. But not taking anything away from that goal, you know, Ailing probably not someone that you most commonly associate with scoring um, goals of that calibre anyway from, from the right-back position. But I think, you know, an absolute uh, great goal. Good, good, good first goal for Leeds for the season. You never know. Aylin could be getting a few more to his name if he's got that kind of confidence in his locker. That is true. You know, you never you never know what you can get out of a player like Luke Ayling or just wingbacks in general, because, you know, the attacking wingback is something that we're seeing more and more, especially, you know, English and, and, and you know, left backs within it, within you know, Great Britain and, and the UK, you know, you see Trent Alexander-Arnold 
and and Robertson at Liverpool, who are you know Klopp's in, employed that at Liverpool, and you know you're seeing that more with you know players like, you know, I mean Luke Shaw, he's he's found a new lease of life. He scored the goal in the World Cup, uh, not the World Cup, sorry, in the uh, in the European Championship final, and uh, you know players like Luke Ayling, Matty Cash as well. You know all these all these wing backs that are coming through. Uh, they're becoming more and more attacking. So you start, you know, you start to think more and more of these wing players, they're going to be more and more deadlier from these sort of, you know, out, just outside the box situations. I mean, there were, there were a couple of other goals that we, that we were considering for this, um, for this spot. I just think that the way that the ball was, the, the ball was hit. The opponent also comes into that because you've not, not only have you got to strike the ball as hard as you, as hard and as accurate as, as you do, but also you've got, you know, players like Harry Maguire and, 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 you know, Paul Pogba around you that you've got, you know, trying to shut you down. And that's, that's a, you know, you've got to keep composed in that situation. I mean, I mean, could this be an early, I mean, maybe not, but it's definitely our goal of the week. Uh, you guys can let us know what your goal of the week was, whether that was maybe Abdul like the or, or maybe even Chalaba's strike for Chelsea. Um, but I mean, Certainly deserving of, of this week's goal of the week, Joe. Yeah, 100%. I feel like it's a very good way to start off. I definitely feel like knowing the Premier League and knowing the kind of madnesses that happen week in and week out, there'll definitely be um, be some more interesting ones to talk about coming down the line. But a very worthy candidate for our, uh, our goal of the week and definitely one that we will remember for the ongoing podcasts. So yeah, that kind of rounds out our goal of the week segment. Goal of the week this week, in game week one, going to Luke Ailing. And now that kind of brings us on to our next topic that we're going to be debuting for you. Uh, and it's kind of different to the other ones because it's not a, it's not a player. It's not, it's not an award. It's a sort of player deep dive that we're calling Scout Network. Chalabar. Desperate for him to shoot. Oh! A beauty! A moment to remember for Trevor Chalabar. Look what it means to the young man. He has had a dream Premier League debut. He really has. And uh, Scout Network is basically we're going to be doing a deep dive into a player of our choice. Maybe you guys can leave a suggestion uh, over on our social media Again, uh, to get involved, uh, go over to our social media pages. Uh, the links will be in, in the description of these podcasts. And also you can go at, at Pundits Average on Twitter and The Average Pundits on Instagram and also The Average Pundits on our Facebook. So, Joe, I will hand over to you to introduce the first player that we're going to talk about here on Scout Network. Thank you very much, Reese. And yes, there was a lot of um, a lot of interesting options that I thought that we could... Uh, we could have gone for, but my um, my personal choice and your choice as well, after a little conversation, I think we kind of both came to this conclusion. We've gone for Chelsea's young uh, Trevor Chalibur, um, 22 years of age, scoring on his first start in the Premier League for Chelsea. And what a way to score as well. Um, and right after he scored that goal, you know, you could see he was absolutely overcome with emotion. Then after the game, we saw, you know, he paid a touching tribute um, you could see how much that goal meant to him, realistically. And I feel like Chelsea had been one of these sides 
Stockbridge in the past have been so heavily criticised for their treatment of youth players. And definitely in the past few years, they have come leaps and bounds in terms of the young players we've seen come through. We've seen players like, you know, Mason Mount. We've seen players like Tamori. We've seen obviously now players like Chalaburn and other players all over the pitch getting options. And, you know, they're signing young as well, which is also a good sign for Chelsea. They're planning ahead for the future. They're planning for growth. Um, but yeah, so anyway, Chalaburn, so 22 years of age and scoring on his first professional start in the Premier League for Chelsea um realistically this is a guy which you know a few people may have put their heads around and may have known a little bit about before but you know he was born on the 5th of July 1999 he's so so young 22 years of age and he's doing his uh doing his thing at Chelsea and you know and he's been at Chelsea since around 2018 um professionally coming through the youth academy but he's had loans out to Ipswich Town and also Huddersfield. So he's had a bit of a, a bit of you know experience to his name, but now's the time to really kind of show the world what he can do. Uh, he tends to occupy the centre-back and defensive midfield positions. So, you know, he's versatile as well. And you may recall um, his brother, uh, Nathaniel Chalibur as well, uh, who uh, plays for Watford, another person who came through uh, the Chelsea system. Uh, another guy, it's been quite a while since he played for Chelsea now, but, um, you know, they're a talented footballing family nonetheless. Uh, but yeah, so this is a guy which we saw his first Premier League start on this weekend, but I feel like we're going to be seeing him an awful lot more. I feel like... Um, Thomas Tuchel has come in and he's put in a lot of faith and a lot of interest in a lot of young players around in and around Chelsea. I think seeing somebody um, so young of defensive calibre that came through the academy is a really kind of promising thing, especially with the loss of uh, Fakayo Tomori, which I feel like was a bit of a... I personally wouldn't have chosen to get rid of him. I feel like he's, he's a very good defender. But, you know, this shows they've got other irons in the fire. So, you know, welcome to the Premier League, uh, Chalibur. And I feel like he's going to have a very long and successful Chelsea career. I don't know about you, Reese. I mean, I, I, I don't think I can add much to that of, of what you said there other than kind of repeat what you've said. He's going to be uh, a star for the future uh, is, what, is what, we can, what we can call him. He's going to be on the radar of many clubs, but I, don't, I think it would be very bizarre for Chelsea to let him go. You know, Chelsea have been one of those teams that are, you like to loan a lot of players out. And I feel like Thomas Tuchel is going to be one of those coaches that has faith in, in the youth, as, as you say. So I, th- I think that I think that with with Tuchel, I think he's going to give a lot of you know a lot of, a lot of game time to these young players. A lot of uh, he's going to have a lot of faith in these young players. And and starting with Chalaba, the goal was was superb. And as I, as I mentioned earlier, with the uh, goal of the week, uh, Chalaba's name I, I instantly thought of there because of you know how good the goal was, but also the emotional ties with it. It's his first Premier League you know sort of game. And you know, obviously, the tribute to uh, to his to his mother as well, which was which was very touching. But um, you know, a fantastic player in the making. You know, we have we are yet to see the full product of uh, of this young man, and it's crazy that he's he's younger than me. It's 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 absolutely bizarre that the, the, the football players are younger than me. I'm I'm getting too old for this job. <laughs> it gets more heartbreaking year in year out mate you've seen younger players come up and it's just it's just an absolute nightmare <laughs> <laughs> definitely so yeah thank you joe for uh for going through that uh that is our scout network player of the week chalaba 
for Chelsea. And uh, that leads us on to our final segment before our big topic this week. Uh, the final award. And uh, the way that this award is going to work is the... So I'll, I'll explain it first. It is this week's Players of the Week. So the way that this is going to work, we have three players that we have selected for our players of the week. Uh, They will each get, well, each player will either get a bronze, silver or gold medal. A bronze point, a bronze medal, sorry, is worth one point. A silver medal is worth two points and a gold medal is worth three points. Uh, And what this will then do is they will go into a league table, which we will uh, be updating every single week for you guys to see on our social media pages. Remember to go onto those Twitter at Pundits Average, uh, our Instagram and Facebook, The Average Pundits. Make sure you go and give us a follow and go and let us know that you are still interested in our podcast. But uh, so we will keep you updated onto that. And uh, at the end of the year, the, the player with the most points will receive the average pundits player of the year. So some big stakes here uh, for the, towards the end of the season. So make sure you stick around, make sure you keep following us here on, on whichever streaming platform you are listening on. So I think that we should, should get down to, to business. And I think we'll go in reverse chronological order. We'll go bronze, silver, and then reveal who our uh, average pundit player of the week is for game week one here in the premier league. So, the bronze medal uh, that we have both decided to to, to give out. Um, and it's uh, a, a player that was involved in a 3-0 win. Uh, he got a goal and an assist. Uh, no, he got two assists. Sorry, my mistake. And uh, that is Liverpool's Mohamed Salah. Joe, how good is, is Mo Salah? He's going to go down to the Premier League greats, mate. He really is. I still think there are still quite a, a lot of people out there who maybe underestimate or maybe just underappreciate Salah because I feel like everyone knows what he's about everyone knows what he's going to come in and do week in week out season in season out but he still just doesn't seem to get something there's still something always missing I feel but once it's all said and done and he's either left Liverpool or you never know he may retire at Liverpool who knows these days um when that day does come we're going to look back on Mohamed Salah, I think in, the, in a lot of the same conversations that we looked at players like Drogba at Chelsea, Ronaldo at United, I, I honestly do. It pains me to say it, but I really do. Um, he was a really, really worthy candidate. Most performances like that would go as the player. You know, this is one of those exceptions where there are a couple of other people who were very prominent in this list. But the bronze medal to Mohamed Salah for the first week, I think uh, I, th- I think we've we got to give it to him, Reese. We've got to give it to him. Absolutely. You know, when you've got a player like Mohamed Salah that, you know, with this Liverpool team, there's always one player that doesn't have a good game. There's always one player that does have a good game. It's either Salah or Mane or whether it's Jota or sometimes Firmino, but he's kind of petering off a bit, although he did get a goal this week. Um, Mohamed Salah is is one of those players that you can consistently rely on to to get goals. And he's one of those favourites every single year to get the golden boot. And I think that's, that's one of the things that Salah always brings is, is goals but one thing that he added to this game is is assists and assists you know t- are more important than goals sometimes because 
you, you need to get those players in those positions. You know, it's all well and good being in those positions, but to have players to get the ball to you in those positions is, is absolutely crucial. So uh, Mohamed Salah with two assists and a goal gives him the bronze medal for this week's player of, uh, in this week's players of the week, which means he is on the table with one point, his first point of the season, which then brings us on to our silver medal. Um, maybe a bit controversial in the way that we've given the bronze, uh, the, the silver and gold medals out. They really could have gone either way uh, in, 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 in this segment, but we have given the silver medal this week uh, to a Manchester United player uh, who was on fire this week. Um, nobody, nobody on that pitch could touch him. Uh, three goals uh, for, for him and none of them were penalties, surprisingly. Um, and that is Mr. Bruno Fernandes. Uh, what a performance. Three goals. Joe, I mean, his, his, his performance was breathtaking, really, wasn't it? Yeah, Bruno Fernandes, what a player. What a player. I think this penalty agenda has got to stop. He, 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 the penalty is... This is what he does. This is what he's about. This is what's in his blood. It's what's in his DNA. And in this game, he was actually awarded the Man of the Match title. And we've obviously... Player of the weekend title, despite the hat-trick. But obviously, all for a, a good reason and all will be revealed. But um, an extremely dominant performance from Bruno. Um in that team, you know, we were missing Cavani um, starting in that kind of starting lineup as the strike you'd normally expect to see in these big games. But instead, you know, when, when you don't think we have a, a, a proven goal scorer in the team or a proven striker, uh, striker should I say, Bruno's there to pick up the pace. So Bruno Fernandes, Manchester United, I absolutely love them. I absolutely love them. There's only one performance this week that was better. Um, and we will go on to that in a second. Indeed, we will. But so unfortunate he doesn't get gold. In, in, indeed, you know Bruno Fernandez is he's absolutely world class, and he's changed the philosophy of this Manchester United team. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer should count him very, count himself very lucky that he has the, the, a player of, of this caliber in his side. You know, to go along all of these world class players, and I think Bruno Fernandez's performance is helping to bring in these world class players like Jaden Sancho and Rafael Varane, and the future. Is, is very bright with a, with a player like Bruno Fernandes in your side. He is this week's silver medalist, which means he got, does get on to our season leaderboards with two points, not quite getting the gold medal uh, as we have a gold medalist this week. And it, it is, drum roll please. Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba is our gold medal recipient for our player of the week. Uh, you will see this uh, spread out across our social media pages uh, as well, giving him the gold medal. Uh, and he gets three points on our season. Uh, he, the first player to receive a gold medal uh, on the Average Pundits podcast and has a firm firm uh, head start in what will be the race to get the Average Pundits player of the season. So, Joe, Talk us through Paul Pogba's fantastic performance against Leeds. Yeah, you know, four assists in a game. He's only the seventh player in Premier League history to achieve that um, status. So obviously that title, that accolade going into the, obviously he isn't the first, but because he's in this very exclusive group, 
I feel like that's a worthy reason to put him up at the top. And, you know, he was unfortunate to score as well. He nearly had a goal as well, as, as well as the four assists. So, um, you know, Paul Pogba, just a fantastic performance. And, you know, it's performances like that and it's the mentality that he has in those kind of games and the link up with, with Bruno and how good they work together on the pitch. That makes me just want to keep him forever, just hold on to him and not let him go. But obviously he's in the last year of his contract right now. There's no talk of him renewing explicitly. Mina Raiola's always talking, but, you know, whatever, that's another debate for another day. But he's not explicitly said he's going anywhere or he has any ambition to leave. But in my opinion, it's definitely looking like he's on his way out. I mean, especially with the absolutely insane transfer window, the most insane transfer window in history, should I say, um, which saw Lionel Messi actually leave Barcelona and go to Paris Saint-Germain, which is not Premier League. We don't cover that stuff, but my God, just obscene. But and play with the best player in the world who also are inevitably going to be the champions of the French League this year. Um, you know, why wouldn't you take that opportunity? So I've got a bad feeling it could be his final season with United, but if it is, and we're not going to get any money for it, you may as well get us a few trophies. So Paul, keep up these performances, please. Don't leave, but keep up the performances. <laughs> and it's exactly that. You know, Paul Pogba is is a world-class player and, and I think people are starting to, you know, his performance in the Euros was was not talked about as much because of France's early exit. And I mean, his performances were, were always fantastic. Uh, him obviously holding the ball and Kante kind of having that coverage. So like I was saying with Harry Maguire earlier, he's got that confidence now. He's got that reassurance next to him when he had Kante in that French side. And I mean, that confidence has only grown and grown. It's got him four assists here um, if, if, uh, against Leeds and, I mean, what a performance uh, from Paul Pogba. Um, I think we can, I think we'll mention slightly, I mean, we we can't, I kind of touched on it earlier with Graham Souness and his sort of opinions on Paul Pogba. I mean, uh, surely at this point, it's just hatred, you know, because he couldn't, he didn't have anything nice to say. He says, you expect that I have a hundred million pound player. Um, Does that mean that Grealish was absolutely terrible then because he didn't get four assists? By by the literal by the literal definition, Grealish even on a technicality went for more money than Pogba. So by li- literal definition, you hit the nail on the head. But Graham Souness, I'd prefer just not to give him any more, you know, talking time. You know, he's a he's a pundit. He's entitled to his opinion. He was a professional. He played the game, but the game's also come an awful long way since he was a player. Um, football's changed. Money's changed. Pricing's changed the whole atmosphere is completely different. And, you know, occasionally this guy does come out of things which just sound horrendously out of touch. But, you know, keep your opinions. You know, you're allowed to have whatever opinion you like, Graham, but I assure you the rest of the Premier League probably do not think the same. So do I think Paul Pogba put up a good performance? Of course I do. And does he deserve praise? Of course he does. So, you know, let that be the end of that conversation. Exactly. Um, So, yeah, just just so we can recap, for this brand new segment of Players of the Week, uh, the league uh, the league standings currently uh, in third place, Mohamed Salah on one point. Uh, in second place, we have Bruno Fernandes on two points. And in first place, the first ever gold medal recipient here in the Players of the Week on the Average Pundits podcast. It is Paul Pogba on three points. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the first ever week of, uh, of Players of the Week, the first ever edition of Players of the Week.
And that kind of nicely rounds us out for, for, for this week's May, well, for this week's beginner segments. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed those. Let us know on our social media pages. However, we have now got to get into the big topic. And uh, this week's big topic, I mean, th- there's been a lot of, of talk uh, within the footballing community, within the Premier League, as to as to what is happening with with this situation, it's been the new the talk of the summer. It's been the talk all around the footballing world for the last couple of weeks, especially this week with him not turning up to training or turning up to training late, and you know, uh, and and obviously not being selected for hit the the game on Sunday. And uh, we are our, our big topic this week, Joe is Kane transfer turmoil. Yeah, it is. Um, and this is going to be ongoing. We, we haven't heard the end of it yet. We're nearing the end of the uh, of the transfer window, but there's still going to, this is going up until the very last second, I, I can already tell. And I'm already getting sick of it. I'm already sick of it. You know, he had a good Euros. He had a break after the Euros. Um, and then there's this whole thing that Kane hasn't turned up to Tottenham training. And that is... A known thing. All the all the, a lot of uh, top journalists are reporting this, and we're all operating under under the assumption that he's holding out for a transfer to Manchester City, who submitted a bid of a hundred million, which was uh, declined by Tottenham, um, massively underbid. In my I opinion, that was a big underbid. I, I think you know it's it's Harry Kane. You're going to have to pay a lot more money than that. But um, and and the rumours were he wasn't turning up to training, uh, to which Kane put out a statement and said that was not the case. He had an, a, an agreement with Tottenham that he would return to training at a certain time. And I think from all reports, he is he is at training with Tottenham, but we wouldn't know that by any of their social media accounts because there's no trace of Harry Kane anywhere. We haven't seen any on the Tottenham Twitter. We haven't seen any on the Instagram, really. And he, of course, did not travel with the Spurs squad to Manchester City, where they won the game 1-0. Um, as a result of a Hyungman Sun goal. So, um, I mean, the game wasn't exactly fantastic, you know. I mean, it was a definitely an upset loss for, for, for City. Um, new boy Jack Grealish was, uh, was, uh, was in, the, in the lineup and, and, and playing in that game. And, you know, so far, um, anyone's guess is best, really, of what's going to happen. Do I still think Harry Kane probably is going to end up being in a City shirt by the end of this transfer window. But at the end of the day, if Daniel Levy, we all know what he's like. If he wants to keep hold of Kane, he's going to do it, whether Kane likes it or not. But um, I feel like they're going to have to... I've seen all sorts of rumours about what the next bid's going to be, but it's going to have to be big. It's going to have... Like, we saw the um, the Premier League transfer record broken this window with a, a direct £100 million fee for Jack Grealish. Um, Harry Kane's going to beat that easily. He's easily going to clear that. So... I don't know about you, Reese. I don't know about if you have a fee in mind of what you feel like he's worth, but yeah. Well, I think I think a hundred million is definitely under par, um, especially because Jack Grealish went for that amount, and I think that Kane is is probably double the player that Jack Grealish is. But I don't think his transfer value is quite there as he's. I think he's hitting, you know, the the hitting pretty much his peak. Uh, so uh, and and obviously then the, then the, the, you know there's kind of a decline there. Um, when it comes to Harry Kane, I feel like maybe about 150 million is is the bid that Manchester City could go for, 
uh, with that. And, and I think that Manchester City do have that money, despite what Pep Guardiola said. Um, I, d- I think, you know, as we were, as I was watching the game, uh, constant updates and, and you know, what, what have you's were saying that Harry Kane was in the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium um, for this game. Uh, they just weren't able to capture him on on camera, but he did he did travel with the squad. He wasn't on the bench, um, but he was in the arena. Uh, he was in the stadium to watch the game. Um, and then the fans, obviously, after the game, chanting, are you watching Harry Kane? To which they have every single right to do because he has openly disrespected their club not turning up for training. Mr. Professional is not being professional for once. And we have every right to say that because, you know, a guy that's not done this at all is trying to throw a tantrum and be stroppy and be a brat about forcing a move out of a club when they are beating the club that he's most likely going to be joining. Um, I think that Harry Kane, despite, you know, he's, he's a fantastic player. He's a world-class player. He's a fan and he deserves trophies. And Tottenham Hotspur have not been able to get him that. However, you know, you, you, you never saw this out of Jack Grealish when he was moving to Man City. He turned up for training. He openly adored the, you know, his club in Aston Villa. Whereas Harry Kane is openly disrespecting. He's openly asked for a move, knowing that this is going to gain loads of media attention. And I feel like it's not, you know, it's not really been been said all that much that he's disrespecting not only the Tottenham Tottenham as a club but the Tottenham fans because they're you know even if Man City don't make a bid and Daniel Levy doesn't accept a bid from Manchester City you know how are the how are the fans going to treat Harry Kane when when he does inevitably get back on the pitch I mean there's 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 tough there's elements on both kind of sides I feel like you touched on a good point Tottenham were not able to bring a player of Kane's calibre any form of trophies or accolades during the whole time he's been there. They did get to a Champions League final, but they faltered in a big way on the big stage and just couldn't get it over the line. But And Harry Kane is a world-class player. There's no denying that. I feel like a lot of the time you do need the trophies to be backing you to, to get that world-class status. But when you've been carrying a side for so long, when you've been doing it for your country as well, and you have no trophy and you have no title... I have no idea. Who knows? Tottenham are in the Europa Conference this year. Harry Kane does not want to be competing in a third-rate European league, which has only just been created. And, you know, our opinions on that, you know, are probably already known at this point. But, you know, it's it's really tough for him. Do I feel like if he has, you know, if if from what everyone's been saying, if he did miss training and all of this stuff, then I feel like he has gone about it the wrong way. But, one thing I will post to you is that if a club does not cooperate with a player, why wouldn't it get ugly? Let's look at what happened with Lionel Messi at Barcelona. You know, this was a situation which obviously went right down to the wire. But let's not forget, Messi was doing press, random press, with not anything to do with Barcelona or La Liga, about how bad the situation was at Barca and how much he wanted to leave and how much he wanted to resolve things, but it wasn't look like it, looking like that was going to happen. And that's Lionel Messi. That's the one club man, Lionel Messi. And, you know, I think it shows that any situation can turn sour when it's a player as big as that club's leading talisman. And obviously Harry Kane is that for Tottenham. They've got an incredible stadium. They've had incredibly big managers like Pochettino and Mourinho managing the club. 
And, you know, Nuno's come in, obviously, brand new manager as well. Nuno Espirito Santo, someone we're not, you know, when we know what he's like. We know about him in the Premier League. And he's been tasked with an awful job in keeping Harry Kane at, at Tottenham. How difficult. But, you know, the situation is only going to get worse. And the sad reality is, is that if any of this is true and he does end up leaving to Manchester City, which still does look like a quite a very strong possibility, that bridge is going to be burnt with Tottenham. It's going to be well and truly burnt. And who knows what the vibe is going to be after that. Well, it's for sure. Anytime, you know, if he does end up signing for Manchester City, anytime that Man City have an away game at uh, Tottenham Hotspur, he is going to have one of the worst receptions in that stadium's history. Um, and I feel like with with a player like Harry Kane, he does like you know, like we did touch on, he does he he does deserve to have trophies. And it was very unfortunate that that Spurs team did not end up with the Champions League trophy, but. Uh, the better team won in the end, didn't they? Um, it, although it wasn't well, it wasn't the best of games, I'll admit that. But uh, Liverpool won, so uh, it's always going to have a special place in my heart. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let us know what you guys think about this Harry Kane situation, uh, whether he is going to end up staying, whether Daniel Levy is going to end up, you know, saying, no, you're going to stay on the bench for a bit. Um, what, what's Harry Kane... What does Harry Kane do if... You know, if, if Manchester City don't end up either putting in the bid or Daniel Levy doesn't accept the bid by the time that the summer transfer window closes, Joe? Who knows? Who knows? I think the thing is, we're, we're, what's going to happen now is if, if Tottenham keep Harry Kane in this limbo and, you know, they're not able to get the signing over the line. I mean, I think he's like, what is he? Harry Kane's like 27, 28 now. So, you know, he is getting on. He's still world-class, but he is, he is getting on in years. And next season, it's not nobody on the planet is going to be surprised if Erling Haaland leaves Borussia Dortmund next season. Obviously, doing so well at Dortmund, but he is a player of European final quality. You know, he is a top player. Um, Manchester United have already shown a lot of interest in this guy. Manchester City as well, Real Madrid, and even Bayern Munich have already started sniffing around this guy. So this is not going away anytime soon. And do I think Manchester City are going to be in for him? Of course I think Manchester City are going to be in for him. Um, And why wouldn't they be? Realistically, why wouldn't they be? Um, But at the same time, if they sign Harry Kane this summer that's going to make the situation a bit awkward next year. So if they could hold out one more season without a striker, I mean, they won they won the league without a recognised striker because they just weren't playing Gabriel Jesus. Um, and if they can survive one more season under that kind of same limit and then go all out for Holland, it's all happy days over at City. But meanwhile, Harry Kane is left in the dust with a, a damaged reputation amongst the Tottenham fans and a less than favourable move, you know, um, even other big clubs in the Premier League, Chelsea, they've just re-signed Lukaku for an absolutely monstrous fee. Um, Manchester United, you know, I definitely thought that still feel like they'd be interested in Harry Kane, but can they compete with 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 a bid from City? You know, who who knows? It's it's very difficult. All avenues were kind of cut extremely thin, and all pathways have now led to Man City. So I feel like maybe one or two bids may be submitted before the deadline. But the sad reality is for Harry Kane anyway, if that is not accepted, I don't think City are going to go in again for him. I think this is the last window they'll, they'll try it for. Well, you don't, you'd think so, because if, if Kane then does return to Spurs and doesn't have a great season, 
he's then his value is it plummets. You know, Spurs are gonna. I mean, Daniel Levy, if he doesn't accept a hundred and fifty million bid, I think this works for both Spurs and Man City. You know, you're gonna have a another striker in mind that Spurs uh, that Daniel Levy is gonna want to bring in. Uh, he's got to work with Nuno to 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 bring in another striker for that hundred fifty million. And I mean, obviously, the other clubs are gonna know. They've got to replace Kane. They're desperate for a striker. They can raise the prices of their players, uh, whether that's Latara Martinez uh, from Inter Milan or, or anywhere else uh, that we've seen kind of links for. But you know, uh, but but then again, if 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 Man City don't end up you know signing Kane, Kane has a bad season, his value is going to go down, and Spurs can miss out on a lot of money. You know, he's going to have to. You know, Kane's going to have to make another half-hearted apology. Uh, to the Spurs fans, play for them for a couple of seasons, wait till his contract runs out or wait until someone else go, comes in and buys him. But I feel like it's all a really messy situation. I mean, what 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 do Spurs do if, you know, who do, who do you think that Spurs could bring in if they do end up selling Harry Kane? Well, Latara Martinez is the name which has been um, on a lot of people's lips just because of this, this, uh, the sheer madness of the situation that's happening over into Milan. Um, I think they've made it kind of known they want to keep him after, you know, selling players like Hakimi and Lukaku, you know, funding an awful lot of money and even like terminating and negotiating the, the, the ends of contracts of other players at the club, freeing up some money. Um, but, you know, they're, they're in absolute turmoil. So if they had to sell Martinez, I definitely think Spurs would um, would probably go in for him. But the other rumour that I've been hearing is that they are interested in Dusan Vla- Vlahovic, I believe um, the pronunciation of that is, at Fiorentina. Um, but Atletico Madrid have now edged extremely close out in front. And apparently they're nearing a 70 million euro transfer for this guy. I wasn't even too familiar with him. Um, but that's something, you know, that's been that's been very kind of highly reported recently. So Tottenham's two targets, you know, it's the other top strikers out there are going in every other direction. And I personally don't know if Sun can pick up the whole pace just on his own. Obviously he got the goal against City, but they're going to need someone. And, you know, leaving it this late into the season, you know, it's it's going to be tough for them. So if Kane does go, there has to be a plan in way. I mean, I would have... Even if if it would have been like 120 million for Harry Kane and Gabriel Jesus or something, just so they have someone up front, you know. But whatever the situation is, you've got to believe the Tottenham guys have a plan. And obviously, Nuno has got some good links in uh, in Liga and elsewhere, so you never know what you might be able to bring in. But fingers crossed for Tottenham, they do have a plan if Harry Kane does go. But this is a situation that I suggest. Both um, yourself and me, Reese, and anyone listening to this, keep a very close eye on in weeks to come. Absolutely. Or oh, Spurs just become a banter club like Arsenal. Uh, <laughs> well, that, that's definitely a possibility. Um, but yeah, that, that was our big topic for this week Kane transfer turmoil. And uh, let us know what you guys think about Kane's transfer uh, you know, sort of business at this point. Do you think that he's right for, for, for not turning up to Spurs training? and traveling with the team or do you think that he's being a bit of a diva do let us know on harry kane's transfer business so that kind of brings us to the end of uh the first average pundits podcast back uh for you know to, to match with the start of the premier league season i mean it's been a, a fantastic podcast brand new segments for you hopefully you enjoyed them 
uh, and hopefully you can follow us through our journey going forward joe it's been a fantastic episode fantastic to be back and fantastic to be talking football with you again mate yeah it's been absolutely brilliant obviously this is what we love to do and i'm expecting a good premier league season there's plenty to talk about fans are going back into the stadiums you know there's an awful lot of positives that are happening in the top flight of the english divisions so reese i think we're in for a a very good few weeks uh coming up for some of some more content as the premier league uh, kicks up again but you know we'll have to see especially these ongoing transfer sagas Yes, exactly. You know, keep keep up to date with us on our social medias as well. You know, you, you guys can can leave in your suggestions for game of the week. Uh, we'll put up stories on Instagram and, and polls on Twitter, uh, and and leave in your suggestions over on Facebook as well. Uh, we'll put up posts, and you guys can can vote. You can give your suggestions, and we'll take those into consideration for each podcast. So the the, the sort of segments that you guys can get involved in the game of the week, which this week to recap was Manchester United versus Leeds. Uh, you can also, uh, you know, kind of get involved with the flop of the week. You can let us know which team that you thought underperformed or was just absolutely diabolical, uh, which this week's team was Arsenal. Uh, you can also uh, suggest your goal of the week, which went to Luke Ayling from Leeds against Manchester United, um, which is absolutely fantastic. And also, these goal, goals of the week will end up leading to a potential goal of the month, which you guys can vote for. So make sure you guys go over to our social media uh, at Pundits Average on Twitter, the Average Pundits on Instagram, and also the Average Pundits on Facebook as well. You can also uh, have a say in who we look at for our Scout Network, who you guys would want to have a deep dive into and, and maybe know more about. And and also, finally, you guys can have a vote on who your top three players of the week are, uh, to which we gave the bronze medal this week to Mohamed Sawar, silver medal to Bruno Fernandes, and our first ever gold medalist in the players of the week, Paul Pogba. Joe, it's been absolutely fantastic. It has been, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I'm thoroughly enjoying to getting this back underway. Long live the average pundits, and we will see you guys very soon, I am sure, Reese. Indeed, we will stay tuned on our social medias, and we will indeed see you. And uh, and you can uh, oh, oh, uh, before we end, actually, before we end, make sure to download us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure that you are following over us on there. You can listen to us on the go, on the train, on a plane, on the. I couldn't think of another rhyming word, but yes, you can download us on Spotify or wherever you find your streaming platforms. And yes, until next week, guys. We shall see you next time. You are listening to the Average Pundits podcast on your favorite streaming platform.